I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to this week's episode of the Inspired Evolution featuring Emmanuel Anthony. This week, we dive deep into how to master the seven areas of your life that he coaches on. So this is everything from mental health, spiritual to financial and career. He is a really awesome coach doing amazing things in the world and basically inspiring others to maximize their potential. The words that in he likes to use are basically mastery. And if you're enjoying all the conversations around life mastery that we're having here at the Inspired Evolution, I invite you to hit subscribe, stay in tune for all these yummy episodes that keep coming your way every Monday. Hit the bell notification icon so you know that we're coming up with something new. And as always, let us know how this, how this content, how this conversation is impacting your life. Leave us a comment and we'd love to hear from you. Enjoy this exciting conversation with a dear brother, Emmanuel. Ciao. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, a show dedicated to helping you actually live the life that you love. I'm your host, Amrit Sandhu, international speaker, global coach, and loving podcaster. As a gift for tuning into this podcast, I have something really special just for you. My premium short course, which can teach you how to meditate in just seven days. You can download it now at www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. That's www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. Learn how to meditate in just seven days. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this powerfully insightful conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest episodes launching every Monday designed to help you live the life you love and keep you inspired to evolve. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, and it is such a treat to be here today. We have with us Emmanuel Anthony. Emmanuel, how are you, brother? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, brother? 
Yeah, really, really good. Really, really good. For those tuning in to Emmanuel for the first time, he's a human behavioral expert dedicated to living an inspired life. No surprise why he's here then. Teaching universal laws, which assist humans in achieving results relative to all areas of life. He dissects this into seven different parts, if I'm not mistaken. And in doing so, he helps them maximize their potential and evolving their conscious awareness. Dude, I love what you're up to. So nice to have you here. I think that's why we, you and I ended up talking. We, we had a conversation on the phone that I think our original conversation probably could have been a podcast. In <laughs> Man, that happens so often where I'm like, shit, why was this not being recorded? <laughs> it's the, the bane of the podcaster's existence, I think. Touch one. <laughs> The, the initial conversations before having a podcast, there's so much raw stuff that comes out um, in that. So I think there's, there's a market for it. It's, it's the it's probably like a hidden camera thing where you don't tell people material <laughs> is so good, it just ends up being the final thing that goes out. I don't know. Could be you a know, thing. There is a bit of a thing there. Like our, the whole podcast, this Inspired Evolution podcast, actually grew out of um, this thing called mandala moments that I was doing like in my house where every fortnight it was a philosophy, spirituality, personal development evening where basically people would come over um, instead of socializing over alcohol, we'd shoot the shit over a cup of chai um, and just explore like Jungian philosophy, different archetypes, different like, you know, models of being systems of reality. And uh, yeah, it was, it was just great fun. And that was actually, my friends were like, Hey, you to start a podcast. And I was like, nah, and they're like, no, you're going to start a podcast. And then some of them suggested just recording the conversations. But I realized that because we had this safe container, which I'm sure, you know, you understand from your you know, live events and workshops, because the safe container, sticking a microphone in there kind of, you know, it just sort of takes from that ambience in a really big way, like makes a massive hole in the energy of the, of the space. So it didn't really. They become about the microphone and how they're going to be perceived instead of that yeah. or getting out of them when you having the conversation and you're the only one that they really have to connect with. Mm. And it makes a massive difference. So yeah, lo and behold, you know, that model had to evolve into, into this, but there's this, I'm not sure. And I'm sort of stealing all your airtime here, but uh, <laughs> there's this, um, there was this, one of my favorite movies is the secret life of Walter Mitty. Um, have you seen that one? I haven't seen it. I've, I've seen it on the, uh, I think it was Netflix or whatever, but I haven't actually seen it yet. Okay, I don't want to ruin it for you then, but there's um, basically there's this one moment where there's this really prolific photographer. Let's just, I'll, I'll snap you into one of the the, the frames in the movie, and um, and he gets these like extreme photos, and some of them are extreme wildlife photos, and there's this one photo which he's out there capturing this extreme photographer, and he's lined up, shot, ready. He's been out there camping for a while looking for the snow leopard in the mountains, right? It's like frosty. He's been there for a while and he sees the snow leopard and it actually emerges. And there's only like a handful of these is kind of what the the storyline of the movie is telling us Um, ever like in, in existence. And they're rarely witnessed, like if ever. And um, in that moment, Walter Mitty catches up with his photographer and he sort of sees him there. and He's like, Hey, like, you know, and he watches the photographer line up the shot and he doesn't take the shot. And in that moment, Walter turns to him and he goes, why don't you take the shot? And I'm paraphrasing and butchering a whole <laughs> romantic <but> like <laughs> moment in, in, in like cinematic history. But he basically turns around and goes, you know, sometimes it's, it's not meant to be captured and sometimes it's, it's just for me. And oh, I take those moments just to really like enjoy and absorb it. And I think 
that's been a bit of a journey through conversation for myself, feeling like, especially with like starting out with podcasting, it was like, I'm going to catch everything, you know? And then sometimes like the conversation you and I had pre, pre this podcast. Um, yeah. Just great to sort of revel in those moments. Yeah. That's, that's just talking about life in general. Like I have to say that, um, we're living our lives just trying to capture everything. You know, most people, they can put it on their social media and appreciate it. And there's a fine balance because there is something beautiful about capturing those moments, especially if your friends aren't watching and you capture an actual raw moment of them hugging or something like that. But it's finding that fine-tuned balance between doing it for yourself and actually being in a moment and every now and then not capturing them. Cause we'd all, we could all say that, you know, we haven't had our DSLRs or iPhones out sometimes during the best moments, but at the same amount of time also capturing some of those moments. So I have to agree. It's, it's a real fine line. And when you find that line, you have enough moments that you can reflect and actually visually see later. Uh, but if you do that too much, you can feel that, you know, on either spectrum, something's missing. Yeah. What, what do you distill down to being kind of at the heart of um, discerning, that balance between the fine line like what's it for you like how do you sort of determine like am I doing too much of this like sharing of myself or am I you know not showing up enough so that's an interesting thing and I can come at it at a few different standpoints and I think you'll probably relate with this as well as business owners one of the number one things we're doing is we're on social media like we're in an era where it's so different from any other era we've been in before where our whole lives are online and when that first occurred for me, I guess I was into bodybuilding and all that kind of thing. So I was the first guy to have a picture of my shirt off on Facebook and all of those things. But then as I evolved, I kind of realized that, you know, I was doing so much for other people and then I was forgetting about myself. And as you know, interestingly enough, both of our companies have similar words in them. My company is quantum equilibrium. Quantum is the smallest unit of life. Equilibrium, bringing balance. So um, one of the things that I'm looking to do is move from one level of enlightenment to another. But I could say evolution very much aligns with that as well because you're evolving from one enlightened challenge to another. So I feel that that was a part of my enlightenment to kind of realize and say, well, how much do I want to give and how much do I want to keep to myself? And then I realized you don't even have to try because you get the instantaneous feedback anyway. Your symptomology is always your feedback. If you feel that you're doing too much for others and giving out and, you know, it's very much a look at me and what I'm doing, you either get feedback in terms of yourself because you just feel that there isn't enough you time and you want to get off social media or the opposite where you get some kind of a feedback from other people telling you that you're being cocky and arrogant and that beats you down. And that's something that I learned from Martini, who you've obviously interviewed on this program as well, that those feedback systems are there. And the more that you're aware of them, you're never out of alignment. And if you feel that you are, there's always help from the universe to get you back into alignment. And, and that's really the key to satisfaction. And I think the other thing is also having that congruency. One of the things I learned was, the more that I learn how to love and appreciate myself, the more that I actually could share those aspects out there. Mm. So a lot of stuff that you share on a podcast and you talk about, I mean, some of the first conversations that we had about on the phone and once again, it, it's all space dependent, but I'm going to, I'm, can I swear on here? <laughs> It'd be rude not to, I think. <laughs> I'm going to throw that shit out the door and I'm just going to, I'm just going to get right into it. So <laughs> You know, we all live these authentic lives where we take on such interesting experiences and those experiences are part of our development and our growth. And we spend so much time judging those. Our first conversation, talking about stripping it back, was about drugs and partying and nightclubs and all of the things that expanded our awareness to look at the universe very, very differently. And usually I don't talk about those until clients get into my programs because half the time I'd spend the conversation with people justifying their rights and their wrongs and their morality as compared to understanding that the world and the universe has duality. So I think 
understanding that duality, understanding that feedback and appreciating the fact that, you know, the more that we can actually share with others, we don't have to, but the more that we love and appreciate ourselves and the more that we found love and gratitude for different aspects of our life, the less that we have any resentment for sharing it because we don't fear people judging us, but also the less that we actually care what anybody else thinks because we found love in that area. And the more people that do that, the more that we actually inspire others to grow and appreciate through their perceived pain or traumas because we're just sharing that out there. And to us, it's just another beautiful part of our life. It's another part of the story. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think that conversation around pain and potential is it just, it just keeps cropping back up. And some part of me wishes it wasn't the way, you know, <laughs> some part of me, like, even when I'm coaching people, I'm like, oh man, I really wish it wasn't like this for you. Like someone will be like, dude, I'm having a really tough month. And I'm like, I get excited for them. Cause I kind of know you got to break down and break through. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm on this end, like that, that like, and they're like, do you not empathize with what's going on? I'm like excited for them. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I get it. But like, you're kind of going through something that will break through. And, and we were talking a lot yeah. about this in terms of pain and potential. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, there's, there's always a, a trauma and a terrific. And anybody that's experiencing the trauma isn't seeing the terrific. And I already know what a lot of you are going to say, but I've been raped and I've been this. The last decade, that's what I've been dealing with. And it's been the most inspiring decade of my life. Now, you're only going to have that if it's high in your values. To me, it is high in my values. Human behavior in this universe, you know, it's funny. You do at one case of something. You may be, um, you know, really into this as well based on your clientele. You do one case of something and you get an insight. You get a glimpse. You kind of get a look over and you go, okay, that's really interesting when you help somebody break through something. Then you do that same case like 50 times throughout that year and you start to get factual evidence because now you have different cases where you can compare the data and you start to see the truth behind what's going on. Now, when all of those clients break through, it's a little bit hard to stick to their story. Their story doesn't make sense anymore because it first happened to me when I was learning NLP, timeline therapy and hypnosis. Um, I now specialize in the Martini method and that's it. But one of the things we do is we do a detailed analysis of a person's problems. So they'd have for an hour, I'd ask them a list of questions. It was a tedious thing. And then they'd, yeah. they'd explain it. And I had to write down everything they were saying exactly the way they said it. It was a linguistic analysis. And then after we broke through, I'd, ask, I'd read the, everything back to them and they would have no association to everything they said whatsoever. Yeah. Like they just look at me. Like, I didn't say that. One, one girl actually said that to me. We were working on her mum, and uh, during zero to 10, she listed that her mum was a challenge. And I said, um, I asked her a question. She goes, if I fucking see that bitch, I'm going to fucking grab her head and pull it off. Mm. <laughs> what i go are you serious my head just went i didn't do that i was a professional and I'm like, okay beautiful but i remember going wow she's really got a charge towards her mom i couldn't wait to break through that mm. 
hours later, we broke for her mum and I read that statement to her and she laughed and she goes, Emmanuel, because you're hilarious. She goes, I didn't say that. I said, you said that. But it really clicked to me. I'm like, what type of neurological change had occurred inside of her where two hours ago she emphatically said that and the, the analysis of her linguistics, her language, if you could have a look at her autonomic nervous system, you'd see she was highly charged. This was a sympathetic, highly animal response. And now she had found love and gratitude in that same moment and she couldn't resonate with it. I actually had to show her the sheet. I took it and I showed it to her and I said, this is what you said. And she was shocked. The, the reaction really showed me the level of breakthrough. And she was shocked. She goes, I can't believe I, I said that. I go, I knew I was annoyed at my mom, but there was such another side to that. And I can't, I'm really glad that I broke through that. So exactly what you said, when that happens day in and day out and you see the breakdown and then the breakthrough, you dedicate yourself because you know that the truth is the breakthrough. And they're having the breakdown because they can't see the divine magnificence and the balance in what's serving them. And they can have the wisdom of the ages with the aging process, but 50 years later, they go, oh, actually, I now realize that because of that, I did this and it helped me in that area. But that's not our job. Our job is to break through. And as professionals, we know what the end, what the end line looks like and we're dedicated to that. And we're not going to let anything get in our way. As um, John, once again, you know, paraphrasing, let neither pain nor pleasure get in the way of an inspired mission. Well, you and I are inspired to create changes in people's lives. And if we're going to create a change, that means that we've got to, we can't hold on to their story. They've held on to that long enough. We've got to hold on to the vision that they're holding on to, that the heart and soul is holding on to, that it doesn't know how to get to. And you and I represent an opportunity to get there. Mm. Thanks so much for sharing that. And in the in the essence of keeping this as raw and as real as possible, <clears throat> sometimes I find like, how do I yeah, just, just articulate what you want to say, Amrit? So I think the key thing I want to share is I don't even feel like, and pardon me if, I, if I'm saying something inappropriate here for you, but I don't even feel like you and I are that special, really. <laughs> I feel like we That's just true. have this objective vantage point just because we're not in that person's narrative that we can look from the outside in. And we've just worked with enough people now to sort of see the patterns <laughs> where it's just like uh, the patterns staring at me right in the face. <laughs> and it's just like, I see it. And I'm not like, if you were in my shoes and you worked with that many people and you just saw the same patterns, you'd be saying the same thing just from a point of objectivity. Whereas sometimes I feel like there is this risk that we run and it's definitely happened a couple of times where people aggrandize their coach or their, you know, their, yeah. their, their consultant where it's like, dude, you're amazing. And it's like, I'm not amazing. I'm just like you. I'm just out here and you're in there. That's all that is. The way I speak to them, as I say, number one, I mean, the great thing about doing the work I do, I tell them you can take me off a pedestal, take all of the traits, actions or inactions that you specifically see in me that you're putting on a pedestal and exaggerating in me because in order to do that, you're going completely against all of the teachings that I'm inspired to teach because I'm teaching you that whatever you see in others, you have equally in quantity and quality. So therefore, own it in yourself because if you own it, you play on the same level. But you can't see something and exaggerate it in others without minimizing yourself. It's a comparison game. Just the same as you can't exaggerate in yourself without minimizing others as well. Now, so one of the first things I tell them is own it. Own it 100% because you have that inside of you. And if you own it, you're going to play on the same level as me in your value system, whatever that is. I happen to be obsessed with human evolution, development and growth. So I'm going to play it in that area. But my clients may be you know, a personal trainer and that's what they do. And in their field, I'm an idiot and they're the master. I'm just to be the student. And in this field, it's the complementary opposite. And they've just hired me for that. But the second thing is exactly what you said there as well. I let them know that I go, look, we all have specialized knowledge in the areas that are most highest in our values and most meaningful is where our neurology um, balances out and stores information to the greatest degree. So it's wisest for us to just own that. 
and whatever you're seeing in me, don't put me on a pedestal because you're going to set an unrealistic expectation. That's when you go, he's always nice, never mean, always gets along with his fiance, never fights. I'll be the first to tell you in two seconds. I represent the other side. Support my values. I'll open up to you. Challenge my values. I'll close down to you. But I'm just a regular human being. It's not worth putting on a pedestal. And actually, I've had at least three clients and two close friends that did that. And I've done that in my life as well and many times. But they did that and we had really drastic breaks of um, friendship and clients. And the reason that occurred was because they put me on a pedestal, set unrealistic expectation. And then later on, when I didn't end up being that way, even if I had told them, then they said, you know, you're not who I thought you were. And it's like, well, I'm not the image in your head. I'm just a regular person. I have two sides. I'm the same as you. We're equals. And if anything, we're a team. That's how you get great breakthroughs. It's not me doing something to you. You and I are just best we're vessels that are inspired by a certain level of knowledge and we share that knowledge, but we're vessels that share that knowledge. We're energetic beings, but really it's the team. When we work as a team with other people and together we're highly inspired and dedicated to what it takes. It's impossible not to get results. Mm. I love that. And how much of your inspiration, Emmanuel, is sourced by helping others? You know, it's interesting because the origins of the journey and I'm, I'm you know, I'd be really curious to see if it was the same for you, but it started off with working on me. So you and I spoke about this audience might not be aware of this, but I had like 26 years worth of baggage towards my father and I couldn't let go of it. And it was occupying a lot of time and space in my mind and my body. And this was between the ages of 17 to 26 uh, specifically. You know, I was uh, doing bodybuilding. That was the age of social media really kind of growing. Um, I remember having a large following. I was really unpopular as a kid and bullied in um, primary school. So that led to me and I didn't speak English very well. So that led to me wanting to go out and develop an ability to go and talk, which is probably why I speak today. So my dad says I talk too much, so I might as well learn how to get paid for it. But all of those voids created the values of what I wanted. But then through that discovery from 17 to 26, I was trying to put those puzzle pieces together and figure it out. And I felt like I got the body thing sorted. I got the social thing sorted. I figured out how to connect with women. It kind of helps if you've got a low body fat percentage that I didn't have to talk to them. Now they spoke to me. So that's took half the work out of it. But then I could never figure out this emotional thing. I was like, on the outside, it looks great. The image looks good. The social media looks great. But on the inside, man, I'm being triggered by so many things left, right, and center that I'm hiding from everybody. So the origins of the journey were really about me. And I had to figure it out for myself. But the minute that I sorted out my own stuff, and I always say that the mind is like a hard drive and 70% of that was to do with my dad and ex-girlfriend. You know, you put in little bits and pieces, 5% here, 2% there. Eventually you're only running on 30%. I felt like I was running on like 30 or 40%, but this one thing with my dad was 60% of what was occupying time and space in my mind. The minute I let that go, I just felt this inner vision to serve others. I, was, I remember where I was, I was at the breakthrough with Dean Martini. I saw him on stage. Everything just went soft around me. And as I saw him on stage, I said, that's what I meant to do with myself. And I knew it there and then. And then from that point, it became immersed because the more I did the work on myself, I had to see the results within me. But then I felt the confidence to share that with others. But then the more I shared it with others, the more it forced me to keep continue to work on myself. So mm. now I don't see a difference between the two. We're merged. Um, those that I'm blessed to speak with and communicate and talk to, them and I, we're, we're on this road together. And the minute somebody works with me, I say that, we're lifetime partners now um, and let's do this. Let's support and challenge each other to maximize our potential. Yeah. Touch wood. Thank you so much for reflecting that. And uh, I think you articulated it in a, in a, <laughs> in a really beautiful way. I, um, it definitely started for me as well in the, in the journey of 
yeah, just definitely trying to improve myself, um, especially just values early on. Um, I know John D. Martini talks so much about that in your works based on much the same. It's like the, the values, like just getting clear on who you are and what your values actually um, just getting clear and just learning that I could sub them in and sub them out. You know, there were so many values that were like, you know, it's like, Oh shit. Like honesty wasn't a value at some point in my life. And when subbing that in healed my depression um, along with meditation, it was like, Holy cow. Like I can actually author my own trajectory if I just get clear on, on, on how I'm going to show up. Um, I guess. Well, let, me, let me just jump in there quickly, by the way, I want to clear up a misconception. Every now and then people would think that Dean Martini's values to do with honor and integrity and honesty and all of those things. But they're all the things that you do when you're living in alignment with your values. So your values will be specific in terms of, say for myself, um, my number one values at the moment are looking to create a family uh, with my fiance, because it'll be our first child. Um, the second highest values for me is human evolution, development and growth. But those first two are together because I do this. I want to teach my child the magnificence and give them the tools to solve problems that I couldn't solve growing up and um, really empower themselves. And then the third one was around physical mastery. So you could say they're kind of like things or objectives or goals that I'm really inspired by, but they come from my voids. Now, if I live congruently in association with that, then say if I book out my day speaking about human evolution, development and growth, working with clients back to back, then I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be integral because I'm doing what I love. But if I do things that go against my values or I accumulate a lot of emotional baggage as well, then that's when I start to be what people will say is dishonest. We still do that anyway, even when we're enlightened about values, but we, we feel like we do more of that. And the reason we're doing more of that is because unless we're being authentically who we are, we feel like a lie. And then that's when we start having parts of our minds break up and discompartalize. And we just try and figure out who we are, but we don't know who we are. And we're stuck in a mess. Yeah. If we're fragmented in terms of our minds and that's when we try and disassociate. Um, but we have every human trait. So um, like you said, we're going to lie and tell the truth at every period of our life. But if we're feeling we're in a dark place, the lies are a lot different from um, the lies that you're going to tell when you feel you're in a much more enlightened state. I mean, I catch myself all the time. I, I've had moments where friends say to me, you know, Oh, do you remember we watched this, this and that? And I go, yeah. And then I go, no, no, hold on. I, I just lied. I don't know why. It was automatic. I just said, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was going to add them, but they come from a different place in that. So I think the ability to get congruent about what your values are, but it's, even then it's only the first step because when I got congruent in my values, so this was a, this was one of the most beautiful life transformational moments in my life. I finished that breakthrough that I was telling you about. And I've done my values determination and the values determination asks where you organize discipline, reliable and focused. What do you think about, talk about, um, what do you uh, talk about in social settings or what do you bring in terms of the conversation? What do you set goals towards? It's a deconstruction of your whole life. 13 questions, free answers for each, 39 answers. Then you evaluate all those answers and put them into subcategories. I was a graphic designer. Well, graphic design is going to be top of the list and maybe bodybuilding after that. When I completed that, I just didn't understand what was going on because my highest values were human evolution, development and growth. It was 80% of my um, thing. In fact, up until Renee and I decided to have a child or go for that process a year ago, for five years, I was a number one of 70 and 80% of my time and energy. But mm -hmm. um, that was number one, then bodybuilding, then family. And I looked at it and I went, hold on a second. And I had this image. I'm like a clown. I'm like a guy that dresses up in a clown suit, goes to work, has the nose and everything. <laughs> the minute I get a lunch break, 30 minutes to not do work, I go take my hat off and go on the road and, do, 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 do. and then one day somebody goes, Hey, you should be a clown. I go, dude, just because I dress this way. <laughs> it's not like a clown. That's what I felt like. I was like, 
is it that obvious to everyone else? And then I had a thought at the break room. I think this is a hobby, but why would a hobby be something that takes up that much of your life? Mm. When I deconstruct it? So if I did this full time, instead of my graphic design career, would that serve me more? And I go, man, that would be like a dream come true. And those mm. words clicked as a dream come true. When your vocation comes your vacation, you know that you've inspired, you're living an inspired and highly driven life. So that was the first step, right? Because there's a lot of people are listening here. And if you are, go to www.drdmartini.com forward slash values. That's where you can do your values. But it's only the first step. It doesn't mean you want to give yourself permission. You've got to have a high level of self-worth um, mm -hmm. and a high level of ability to believe that this journey is going to take you somewhere amazing. So this next part, I get home. 24 hours after a workshop. If any of you have attended personal development workshops in the past, you know, you're having a reflective awareness, especially if you've learned a lot and you've really immersed yourself. And I'm sitting on the bed and it's dark. I don't know why I'm sitting with my legs crossed in a dark space. I think I was just reflecting on everything. But now it hits me, the tangible reality that I'm talking about quitting what I went to four or five years of school meant to be free, but I failed a couple. Oh, more, man, um, more. You, what about all the primary school and like high school? That was all channeling you into that further education that you then put into. It's like 20 years plus of education. For me, it was engineering. And then my parents and then everyone that believes what I am. And I said, Emmanuel, this is too much. Just stick to graphic design. So I envisioned myself in the next 10 years doing graphic design and my energy just dropped in my body. And now after mm. attending this workshop, I knew that the body gives you feedback, gives you symptomology. And that feedback was not just feedback for the sake of it. It wasn't just, I was going to get a spontaneous headache. No, those were feedbacks based on me not being in alignment and doing things that don't align with my values. So mm. then I, I went, but you can't just quit graphic design. And this voice inside of me was just bringing me down. It was that part of me that didn't believe that I could live that mission. And then as I was saying and doing that, another part of me had this vision. And I had a vision of me at a hundred years old on stage talking and sharing an inspired message. And as I saw that message, I had more energy in my body than I'd ever had in my whole life. Mm. I can't even go back there without getting tears every time. And as I saw that at the time, tears started strolling down my eyes and I said to myself, and it's funny because John has a saying similar to it. I'm not going to let anything, anyone, including myself, get in the way of my inspired mission. I'd rather die on the way to standing up and live on my knees. So whatever it takes, I'm in. And I'm going to do a little bit every single day. And um, at the time, I'm just a guy that's partying and doing drugs and nightclubs and he loves picking up women. And, you know, that's that's my association because I spent so long building it that happens to have a graphic design business. I said, but I'm here to serve. And uh, after what I witnessed on that weekend and dissolving all the emotions around my dad, who's my best friend today, I'm going to serve and I'm going to take one little step every day and I'm guarantee you by the end of my life, I'm going to serve millions of human beings and help them create the changes that they deserve. And that's all I'm going to dedicate myself to. And um, today I'm blessed to do that. So that's the second step. You discover your values, but I think you're saying the same thing as well, which helped you get out of the depression, finding that meaning and purpose and giving yourself a mission. That's a whole other step to do that. But if you, if you get past that first step and get to that second one, life becomes very amazing from that standpoint. <laughs> I love that. There was a couple of things in there that were uh, you you went over pretty fast, but I think um, I just want to sort of shine a, a bit of a light on them. And one of them was, um, yeah, I'm not going to let anything stand in the way of my dream, you know, others da, 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 and myself. And then you moved into the next bit. And I just want to shine a light on that myself bit um, because oftentimes I've come to find that actually, and I think, you know, 
maybe we talked about this when we were on the phone as well, but I, I'm, I'm really like in awe of just what the podcast is, what my own businesses do for me. They're one of the most incredible personal development vehicles I've ever had to interface with. Um, being business for myself and yeah, just being able to podcast and share and connect with people. It just like, it gives me so much feedback, which is a, a thing that is, you know, very present in this, in this conversation that you and I are having, but I've had to learn so much about myself. And oftentimes I find, ah, oh, the things I'm working on are hamstrung by my own capacity. And like, I'm in my own way. So often, yeah. man. <laughs> It's a hundred percent. You know, so many times I go to clients, if you want to find the problem, look in the mirror. Before the, <laughs> like, look in the mirror. I, go, I, bet they, I bet they love hearing that. <laughs> yeah. And nobody wants, I don't even want to hear it half the time. And, and that's that rawness that you and I are telling about that we've got to bring. What I love about this vehicle for you is probably the same thing that I love about my business for me. I tell people, find a way to get paid to be your most authentic self and then be your most authentic self. And then that will create the greatest vision for you. So the fact that you get on a podcast and just talk about the magnificence of your life and the challenges and the blessings that came with that equally means that you don't have to worry about hiding stuff. <laughs> Makes your life a lot easier to remember. I went through a stage in um, primary school where I was lying a lot. And I was like, hey, the first time I told a lie, people believe me, I got popularity. This is a great strategy. Let me keep doing this. Then one day I told the story that I told it a different way. And the guy said to me, hey, I thought you said it was this. I got out of it, but I went, hey, I've got too many entangled parts and I can't remember all the lies here to all the people. So kind of in terms of what you're saying there, being that authenticity to be able to do that, I love that as well. And part of my consultations are saying to people, they go, oh, I did this, this and this, and they feel bad. I tell them a story of how I did something that they perceive to be worse. And they go, oh, it's a breath of fresh air. And they go, how can you share that with me? I've got no um, charge about what I did. It was a reason, a meaning and a purpose. I found the reason, I found the meaning, I found the purpose, I found out how it inspires me now. So I feel like that's what you get to do. And that's why it's so beautiful for you. Because by being authentically you, you get to reflect on your journey and then have reflective awareness for other people, get even more grateful for your life and then share um, for others that are experiencing even more trials and tribulations, how they can do the same thing and really realize that there, there is no mistakes. Every part of their life is mm. magnificent. There's a divine perfection in the journey. And when they understand it, they realize that everything was building on something else to help them get to some amazing point where they could actually go out and do what you're doing and do what I'm doing and give themselves permission to serve humanity in their own unique way. There's only one of them never going to be made again. Mm. Whatever they have to do with, either that goes out there and gets shared or the humanity doesn't know. And if we look at, you know, the Tony Robbins of the world, the Dean Martinis of the world, um, you know, even the Will Smiths or all those people that we think have amassed amazing vocational or financial or whatever it is, they have to give themselves permission to do it, but they were just, they, they are regular people, but at some stage they were just a regular person. Nobody knew their name. That's every single person we interact with. So there's so much beauty just waiting and so many advancements in technology and human form and development and psychology. And people just have to give themselves permission to do that. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, I just, <laughs> it, it continues to, to just, yeah, dawn on me again and again, just finding myself again and again in, as, as the speed hump and then the roadblocks every time. And the other bit that I really wanted to, to shine a light on was um, everything is happening and like, you know, nothing's going like amiss, but bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit. And I think that is one of the, one of the things that I think, wow, I'm going to make a blanket statement. I'm not even sure if I'm comfortable making it, but let's do it. It's like almost the bane of our existence, right? Like uh, of our generation, sorry, um, is this word patience. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, just maybe information technology, the way our mind interfaces with it, you know, there's so much in there that's sort of 
just corrupted the the space for for patience. Um, but yeah, I just feel like doing things bit by bit. There's such like an expectation these days. You look at glossed up feeds, you look at someone else's life and the way it's portrayed to you and you're like, wow, okay. So like within two months, I expect this to be like this or within three months, I expect this to be like this. But every part of the journey, like you said, is literally building upon the next, the next, the next. And just even on the journey of, you know, podcasting, like we're three years in and I, to be honest, I pinch myself every day, just, you know, getting to have conversations with people like yourself, like it just, what is going on, <laughs> right? Like I'm still, but I, I remember being about six to 12 months in and sort of having this reality check of like, oh, this is, you know, going to take time. But one of my only saving graces was early on. I was like, you know what, similar to the conversation we were having earlier on, I was like, I'm going to give myself 10 years. Everything I've given myself to, whether it was my education for you, was like graphic design, like anything I give myself to like for seven to 10 years, I turned out reasonably okay at, you know, um, and that's touch what even a little bit of me is being modest in there. Like generally you give something 10 years, you turn out pretty good in that space. Um, and I was like, I'm going to do the same with this thing. Right. So podcasting, I'm going to give it 10 years and three years in, I'm already like, now I'm like, whoa, like I need to dream bigger, but how do you do that? Like, cause what I thought was possible in 10 years, three years in, it's already started to unfold. And it's like, well, someone, I need someone to help me build a bigger vision <laughs> touch wood. You know, it's, it's, um, but it's, it's the bit by bitness and that persistence um, that you referred to, which you, you talked about really quickly, but um, tell us a little bit about just how each in your story, like a little bit of just how it's bit by bit by bit by bit, but then those 1% really add up. Yeah. So if we start off with where did this all start? When I was four, I came to Australia from Mauritius and Mauritius was a third world, well, Rodriguez Island, which is near Mauritius. I always say Mauritius because nobody has a clue where the hell that is. So mm. um, Rodriguez, pardon me. So if I say Mauritius, then people usually have an idea. But Rodriguez is about, you know, maybe an hour and a half, I think it is by plane. And that used to be a third world country. So all the associations and everything that my parents had growing up, that's where it came from. Then I come to Australia and there's a conflict between my father and I, because I'm growing up in a place where they're saying, you know, um, it's not right to hit your children and all of that. And that's abuser society. And my old man's coming from a place where his old man would just slap him around if he did something that he didn't believe in. Mm. And then I don't really speak English. So my original voids, the areas I perceived to be most be missing was an opportunity to connect with other people. So if I look at that stage, of like I could pretty much go decade to decade, but that decade of my life, I used to copy what other kids were doing. I'd watch them because I, I couldn't speak. Whenever one of your senses goes out, the other senses get amplified. So I was like, I can't, understand what they're saying but as i learn english i'm going to copy their behaviors so i'd kind of look at them and go okay he's doing this with his hands and he seems to be popular and like i really copy those little bits and then as i learn english i'd copy their tones and their sayings and i'd almost like like a comedian going out to different venues and testing out their material i would test it out on different audiences i look back now that was me my first desire to get into human evolution development and growth understanding how human beings work especially from a behavioral standpoint, because it was obvious, it was black and white. I test it out, I get a result, I come back, I check that out against data, against different audiences and, you know, in primary school, different groups of cool and not cool or whatever they're into. And then I get a result. So that was that area. So that was the first building block. But then from there, it was learning how to stand out. I was bullied. So really all bullying is means whatever form you're bullied in when you were younger is an area that you don't have a highest level of mastery. I was scared to mentally, um, you know, be challenged by other people, verbally communicate and physically scared to get hit. So I attracted all those things. So that was the stage where I was learning how to stand up for myself. So that was the second building block because the true self-worth is mastery in all seven areas. 
physical, financial, mental, spiritual, social, vacation, and family. And all you have to do is just really master one area, like vocation, but take away all the others. So you have a marriage that is breaking down. Your body feels like it's breaking down. Your mind feels like it's breaking down. We do that in a lot of areas. You go, what the hell's the point of having a career and a lot of money? But mm. if the word fulfillment means to feel full, if you fill each one of those areas and grow and expand in each one of them, you find your self-confidence, self-worth grows because your self is all of those. So your self-worth is a correlation between how much you're growing all of those and your self-confidence. So if I look at all of these different parts of my life, the void, the part that was most missing was the representative areas where I had the greatest challenges. And that just kept happening throughout my life. But it wasn't until I really got to working with Dr. John D. Martini and doing that work that that was when I finally had a way of working with the mind. And that led me to something really interesting. Because I realized that the mind was like the head office of this whole thing. And if we work on the mind and we can have a way of managing that and even better balancing it. And then, mm. and then because at the lowest level, you're, you're dealing with spot fires. Just whatever happens, let me try and deal with that. That You never really deal with it. Another spot fire happens, but you're just accumulating emotional baggage because you 20% fix things. And then really, there's just a whole lot of stuff that you're accumulating that can be triggered off later. But then eventually you take the time to individually do each one of those and let them go. And your mental, your mind starts to have clarity because it doesn't hold on to the disease, the body not being at ease and the disorder. Um, and your systems inside of your body start to relax because you don't have exaggerated chemicals and hormone distributions um, for your sympathetic and parasympathetic or your fight and flight and rest and relaxation. So once you get to that level, I noticed, which the universe was trying to get me to manage in each of those voids and value games anyway, then I got to a stage where I went, okay, I feel comfortable enough to feel that I, I know how to take on any challenge. But if I look back at every single challenge, I realize that each one of those challenges came because of a void. So I can pre-predict my voids by having a look at where is the areas I'm not mastering the greatest degree or don't have an interest in that. Mm. So then I, I looked and I said, well, maybe I need to set goals in all seven areas that are most inspiring to me. Why wait for the universe to bring the challenge? Why don't I bring the challenge to the universe? Fuck this, game on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you want to have a go at me? Well, I'm having a go at you for a change. <laughs> then I went out and did that. And then I found that um, instead of having this infatuative idea of, well, the universe is all peaceful and all nice. And I don't know why I keep attracting these problems. I went mm. out and said, no, I'm always going to have pain and pleasure, benefits and drawbacks, support and challenge. Um, I want to embrace both for both of them lead me. And in fact, maximum evolution occurs at the border of support and challenge. So screw this. I'm going to maximally evolve. Let's, let's do this. And so I did this tango with life where I just went to eat up the biggest challenges and take support or challenge equally and just balance them both out. And that was really the bigger game that I discovered from that, that we're here to master all seven areas. The more you do it, the more you want to evolve to the next level. But then you're given the reward of a slight moment of, like you said, that the humbleness, you go, oh, man, look where I've come to. But then you get this sense of, but actually now I've seen the next side of that and I can't wait to reach that level of fulfillment. And it, it's a correlation between you and others because the more you do that inside of yourself, I haven't met a person where that mission didn't then extend out to others and your vision of what others are capable of um, then started to advance and grow. So it's just, it's a connection. If you go to the duality of energy, depending on the frequency that you look at it, at certain frequencies, if you look at things, there's separations, but at certain frequencies, there's no separation between you, me, or anything else. The whole universe is one. So you could say that we're going from the separation of things and um, you know our minds being fragmented to the unifying and realizing this duality exists as we break through higher and higher levels. But we can't do that without aiming for mastery in all seven areas. But it's, it's one of the greatest things I've ever done. I, I love it. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And that was going to be one of my questions around the seven areas. So I love the way you break it down into seven. Um, 
I, I, I break it down into 12, but it's, I do, I got a different sort of methodology wow. and process to it. That's um, what they are. That's amazing. I, um, okay. So we start with, um, uh, you've got your physical, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then your, your physical health, your emotional health. Yeah. Your intellectual health. You've got your character, the character that you assume in the game of life. Um, you got your spiritual, you got your romantic health, and you've got your parenting, right? Which is something that is coming in now. Uh, we've got social, um, and then you've got your career, then you've got your financial health, um, and then your quality of life, which is another area, and then actually how well your vision is going. So that's the twelfth, the twelfth aspect. Well, exactly the same. Well, we yeah. we have different ways of Just, explaining them. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things I wanted to tune in with you was um, with your seven areas of like, like you said, you set goals in each areas, are different areas, a different focus at different times of your life. Or do you kind of go, boom, 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 boom. These are all seven areas to fill up my cup and you try and tackle them all at once. Tell us a little bit about your process. I'm flexible. Um, So the first thing I do is my values every single month, because after I did that, my values at the breakthrough and I saw what they were, I realized something that, there was a bigger game being played and I could be conscious or unconscious to it. And two of the biggest games I discovered when I first broke through my biggest challenges, number one, the universe has a divine hidden order in it, that Mm. there's something happening behind the scenes. And to those that see it and understand it, they work with it and their life drastically. It's not even like a little bit of a change. It's like they drastically evolve. Mm. And then second thing I noticed was that my body's neurologically programmed in alignment with my values, whatever's aligned with my values, I'm organized, it's going to live and focus. I work 12 hours a day. Um, Monday to Friday for, for just over a decade now. And I love it. People go, how do you do that? And I go, yeah, but I'm kidding the candy store. You asked me to yeah, do this. Work is play, oh. y'all. <laughs> yeah, work is play. Like, you know, and I take half a day off on Friday to play golf. Um, and that's the other thing that I love. So my, my timetable is just filled with stuff that I love, you know? So one of the major things, I guess it's important in, in that is I looked and I said, we've got seven areas, we've got these different areas of life and we've got a hidden order in the universe. And then at the same time, I've got a unique set of values. I understand what my values are. I can set goals that are congruent. I can set goals that I'll actually want to do. So although there's seven areas, I set goals that are congruent to me in those seven. If you saw them, you might get, dude, some of these are boring as hell. Um, but those goals to me are super inspiring. And I noticed that I'm going to attract challenges in there anyway. Why not go for them? So those goals are flexible. Like what they are now, I reassess them every month when I do my values and I keep an eye on them during the week. I just overview them, have a look at them, decide which ones I'm really more inspired by. But I have no problems throwing out a goal. In fact, um, I have a level three in terms of the work that I do with my clients. It's one of our highest levels and it's called Life Mastery where we plan the next 50 years of a person's life. And in doing that, I, one of the things I tell people is whatever goals that we put in now, if your values were to change in a month, a day, a week, a year from now, we throw out what's not valuable to you that you don't want and we replace it with what is. We're here to have a values driven life, something that's really important to you. We're not here to just put goals for the sake of them. And sometimes you don't know what a goal is. So when I started in human evolution, development and growth, I thought it was going to be highly into the NLP industry. I mean, the first six months I was on stage, I was talking, I was um, you know, among some of the biggest speakers there in terms of like what they do and um, helping with them. But after about seven or eight months, I realized that that wasn't really where I wanted to serve and that wasn't where I could serve humanity to the greatest degree. So there was a conflict inside of me because I built an identity with who I was, but then I just reflected back on my highest mission. I said, what am I really here to do? Am I here to have that qualification? Is it the qualification that's important or what's most important to me? 
And then I looked at them and said, no, it's not a qualification. I'm here to serve humanity. And I promised that I would only give them the greatest that I had. Because when I first got into this field, I spoke to some friends about psychiatry, psychology, life. There was a whole range of fields, but a lot of them said, hey, I went there and all we did was talk. I went there, all I did was got drugged up. And I said, my highest, most inspiring thing was to find the greatest technology in the world that could create the most profound changes and share that with humanity. The minute I saw that, that was like an awakening to realize and go, hey, every time I have a goal, tap in. Does this align with the highest of the highest of the visions that I have? Does it move me in that direction? If it doesn't, but I still want it, I can values link it and link it up to my values because sometimes I do that for fun. There's an area I'm not inspired by, but I really see that it could add some value to my life and I want to learn and grow in that area. But in 90% of the cases, I just throw it out, set a new goal that aligns with my values and I align with that. Life's about growth. I want to change with life. Mm. So what I'm hearing in there, the importance of staying dynamic and staying open. Tell us a little bit about um, how does, yeah, (laughs) there's a, how do I articulate this? Here we go. So the importance for staying dynamic for a healthy mindset that is consistently <laughs> operating under feedback. <laughs> yeah. So the key for me is the fundamental. So I'll get clients to come in, for example, like a gentleman um, today who was working through in a challenge and he said, I'm experiencing this challenge. I said, no, you're having a perceptual challenge which means you're not you're seeing the balance and therefore you're getting the feedback, which is symptomology and emotions. The minute you balance that, it's not going to be there. We've done this um, together for half a year now. And he goes, oh, that's true. Every single time I bought you something, we did that, we balanced it. So my foundations are that there's a balance there. There's an inherent order and everything has a divine perfection. Um, so I already start off from that place and I'm expecting feedback. Um, I always tell people, they go, well, if you balance all your emotions, you end up like a robot. So I've been doing this for years and I've still got a lot of... Um, <laughs> working on and I'm going to have a lot more. Um, I have a set of clients that said, you know, I see so much amazing footage of you and your partner. And I go, yeah, because we share some cool stuff that we do because we want to remember it. But I don't chuck on a Facebook Live and we have an argument like, hey, babe, this is, this is a good moment. What were you saying? I'm an asshole. Yeah, hold on. I'm back. I just want to get this on Facebook Live. That's, that's the way that that rolls. I go, but if you ask me or if we're doing a relationship workshop, I'll tell you. When I support her values, she opens up to me. When I challenge her values, she closes down to me. Um, we averaged out, we have two fights a month, two small ones, or one major one once every two months if we haven't. It's like we have a backlog and we have to get it out of our system. Then we become a joke in our relationship. Like if we don't have a fight, Renee will go to me, uh, we haven't had a fight for two months. And I'll go, cool. So do you want to do you want to take it out now, bitch? Or how do you want to go? <laughs> she just starts laughing. She's like, I can't take you seriously. You can't just start a fight. It has to naturally happen. Um but every argument that we've ever had, we've demartinied and balanced. And every time we've done that, I've actually found that there was a reason, meaning and purpose for it. There was something that I had to learn about her. And I'm actually loving the fact that that's there every couple of months. So mm. I expect challenges to occur. I expect the universe to have support and challenge, pain and pleasure. I expect goals that I set, especially the bigger the goal that you set, the less that you actually know the steps that are involved. So mm. I draw a straight line and it's more like spaghetti getting thrown on the road. <laughs> so in that aspect, I expect change to happen, but I set a plan because if you don't set a plan, it's going to take forever to get there and you're not going to really know where you are as measurement units. But both of those, they're not separate things. Both of those, although they feel like pairs of opposites, it's kind of like chaos and order. Mm. They're parts of the universe. All pairs of opposites are existing at the same time. And my mind is just aiming to appreciate those. And then I get feedback when I don't. So I'm going to say, for example, I have anxiety tomorrow about specific tasks that I'm doing. I'll say, hold on a sec. I'm only going to get anxious if I said, 
too little of time frame to do the job and something that involves a bigger time frame. So I readjust my goal, set a bigger time frame, set more realistic expectations, all of those things. All of a sudden, the anxiety is gone. It wasn't something happening to me. It was something that I was experiencing based on specific reasons why. So that's, that's what I do. I want to be able to flow, move, adjust, but I do have a system that I work in and then the system of things to back that up and create change if something happens. I love that. Thanks heaps for that, Emmanuel. And so let's say there's, is there one particular category that you find, or I'm just speaking from my spaces, um, you know, I sort of pick a category per year to sort of go, you know what, I'm going to coach in this particular category for this year or for this six months. Um, do you do something similar for yourself? Or is there like an area where it's like, all right, you know, I've kind of set goals in this area for like two to three times and I haven't really achieved what I was looking for. Maybe it's time to call in some support. Yeah, it's a good idea. I feel like um, sometimes I do that around like marketing and different aspects of business um, and delegate those off. At the moment, I'm more open than I ever have been as well. Um, I've noticed that I've got a few different um, friends and also associates and business associates where they've got an area of expertise and I'm having them hold me accountable and I'm learning how to be the student as well as the teacher. Um, I think one of the things that happened over the last year was I got too involved in being the teacher and forgetting to be the student in areas. And that was one of the dumbest things I could do um, <laughs> because limited the amount of growth that I could have. So humbling myself and go, hey, you know, although I may be back to back on phone calls as the expert in the area that I'm in, um, the, the real wisdom and the real um, humbleness comes from the ability to look at the area where I don't know and surround myself with people that are smarter than me in those areas because that's the only way that I started to grow in the first place. Mm-hmm. So if I look at that, I'd say at the moment, a uh, you know, mutual connection between you and I, Carly, she's helping me with different parts of um, speaking engagements and understanding where I need to be for that. And um, we had a great conversation today where she said, you know, next week when we speak, um, you know, where is it specifically that you want to work on? So I'm not going to say anything at all. It's up to you. I said, I'm humbling myself to your magnificence. Um, you bring to the table what you want me to do. And just like a trainer or a coach, um, you give me the instructions. I'll do it specifically as it is. So that's one area. Um, but I feel that in a lot of other areas, I don't even have to ask for it. The universe gives it to me. <laughs> mm. So Renee in relationships, she's the ultimate teacher. My students, <laughs> they're teachers as well. Um, it's so interesting how many times I've had a challenge in my life and then I track like seven clients in a month or something that have the same challenge. And I'm like, okay, universe, got you. Um, it's the best teacher of all. So definitely that. Um, and I find that the symptoms and the feedbacks that I'm experiencing in my body are also great teachers as well. So uh, I do that. And then obviously Martini um, is one of my mentors and um, you know, I'm consistently studying his work, et cetera. But I definitely bring people in and hire them for different areas of life. Um, at the moment, it'd be definitely around career and vocation, um, but I'm looking forward to uh, finances in the future and really developing and growing and finding out how to grow that area to a huge degree, especially with reinvestments. Um, mm. But yeah, I think it's great. It's great to surround yourself by people and continue to grow and evolve. And hopefully there's something, in, you know, I want to live to hundred and beyond. And hopefully it's something I still have an opportunity regardless of the person's age uh, to be learning, growing and evolving and keeping my mind stimulated in those areas. Manuel, a bit of a personal question, brother. Like I've been finding... Um, just from like coaching so many people over time, a lot of your clients become your friends and obviously the deep impact that you have on their life is, is a blessing. Um, what's, what's it like in your world? Um, friendships, clients, connections, how do you sort of navigate the journey of, uh, cause you said you go to golf practice on Fridays, <laughs> you hang out with your mates. Um, 
you know, where do you, I guess I'm asking, like, do you call it like, where do you meet your friends versus your clients or your clients are your friends? And that's like, just how you roll with it. How do you go about it? Um, I like to think, and every client's different because it's just the dynamic of the relationship. Um, and I, I flow with that. But I like to say to my clients, the perfect mix of us being able to do the work that we do, especially the way that I do the work as well, is by you looking at me as a close friend, somebody that you can just talk to and you know shoot the shit with if you like. But at the same time, I'm a consultant and I'm here to get a frigging result. Mm. So I'm the guy that you talk to, but you know that we get down to business when we need to. And I like that comfort level because I'm going to share with clients and be as raw with them as they are with me. And if, you know, especially I was speaking to a client of mine and she was having a lot of sexual challenges in terms of what she was working on. And I shared a hell of a lot of sexual challenges that I had and she was laughing three quarters of the session. And at the end, she goes, you know what made me really comfortable? Every time I felt embarrassed about what something that I was doing or didn't do, and it was just due to her culture and her parents and religion and all the stuff that had happened in her life. It wasn't good or bad. There was a reason, a meaning and a purpose. And we, we went through the layers. She goes, you then reflected how you had a similar thing in your life. And it just made me laugh and realize that we're just human beings talking about stuff. So I find, and I tell those same clients that how are we not going to build some basis of friendship when you're going to reveal everything in your life to me in our first pre-consultation <laughs> and stuff that you've never spoken to other people about, including potentially your fiance, husband, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's impossible for us to not speed up that connection that we have in that. And then throughout the whole time we're together, I get to challenge you in the most most raw parts of your life. So I feel that there's a friendship there, but I like to toe that line right in the middle. But at times, sometimes you bond and connect with people and you know you find that that grows and evolves into something very different. I've got some corporate clients of mine and um, when I work with them, they just send me text messages throughout the day. Hey, I'm working on this. We've got similar interests and things like that. Um, but what I tell everybody is I go, look, I'm during 8 a.m. till 8 p.m., Monday to Friday and Saturday 8 to 1, I'm all yours. <laughs> That's a long time slot. It's most of my life. I'm all yours, but during one o'clock on Saturday through to Monday morning and after those times, I go, the chances of you getting a reply are going to be very minimal because that's the time that I devote to other areas of my life. I call it a wealth maximizer calendar. So my wealth maximizer skin that I have. Um, so I go to say Google calendars and then in there, I put in all the different areas of mastery and time blocks from it. I got it from a movie about a boy. Have you, do you remember that movie? Hugh I haven't seen it. Oh man, it's hilarious. I watched it when I was younger and I don't know why this movie just resonated with me. Um, Mm. Hugh Grant doesn't really have a job. He's um, accumulated a lot of money from his father, but he lives his life in these half an hour time blocks at most an hour. And all he does is just put activities, pool, one hour, haircut, half an hour, reading, half an hour. And he just did this thing. And I I don't know why I found it so cool. Then later on, when I wanted to master my whole life, I was like, well, I've got to do time blocks because I've already been doing that anyway. So I'll put in say sleep, um, 10.30 10.30 at night through to five o'clock in the morning. Then mm. five in the morning till six, gym, which is physical mastery. Then from physical mastery, um, I come back home. I have my own time. So it's just mental mastery. But anything other than work, I'm just developing my mind and who I am authentically and growing and studying. Then seven, seven, seven 7.30, my fiance wakes up. It's relationship mastery um, through till eight o'clock or 8.30. She leaves for work even. Then 8 a.m. till 8 p.m., vocation is career it's social I, i'm not a, i don't drink i'm not a fan of going to a pub and um, having a beer or something like that or listening to people's problems that don't want to resolve them that's boring to me um which is most of my catch-ups when i was younger um i want to work and talk and communicate with people all around the world that are dedicated to creating change and trust me with the ability to do that so that's my favorite form of social 
And then mm. I've got mental because my clients are friggin' mental. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> I, always, I always throw them up like that. I go, but they're throwing mental challenges. I mean, you know this at a consult, anybody can throw anything at you and they expect you to have an answer or lead them in the right direction. So that's my mental. So I'm fulfilling like six areas of life. And then anyway, that goes out throughout the day and I've got a whole schedule for the week. And the reason being, I, I, I want to have a place for everything. So by having those places, I know where everybody sits and those relationships grow and evolve. I don't mind how they evolve. I don't mind clients messaging me as long as it's not 24 hours. They have me time to say, dude, calm down, relax. But in 90% of the cases, I, I don't have to do that. Most people get it. I love the way you've uh, programmed that in because I am very much <laughs> living out of my calendar. And uh, sometimes I, I, I freak out if someone sees my phone, I'm like, don't look at my calendar. <laughs> might make you uncomfortable. But um, I think- I love it. You think it's the same as me. It's just stuff jammed into there. <laughs> it's just jammed in, yeah. bro. But I think- um, that we love that gets us to what we value. Mm. I think that's the difference. Whereas most people I found when I first teach them how to have that organization, they don't want to have a calendar because they feel it's entrapment. And then when they start putting stuff in, they've got more stuff that they don't like as compared to an inspiring vision in their career. So all they're doing is filling up the calendar and they feel it's a waste of their time putting in stuff they don't like, but they have to do. Um, and usually they start off there and then, in, and then they intrinsically grow and evolve and increase their financial potential. And then they get to a stage where they're filling in stuff that they love. And then they get them calling me back and going, actually, I love my calendar. Because mm. now I can do more of the stuff that I love. And in fact, I can't do as much stuff as I love unless I organize it and give it a time space horizon. Otherwise, it's not really that important to me. It's just an idea. And the brain comes up with like, I don't know, what is it, 50,000 or a couple of million thoughts um, per second or a day. So if you just throw it into there, it's like, you're never going to see it again. You, you need to organize mm. that. Yeah. The, the conversation around discipline equaling freedom is it's a big one. But the, the thing that I really took away from that was just checking back in with my calendar and just checking in with the different like categories of life that I like, cause it really aligns your attentions. It just anchors in your why as Simon Sinek would put it right. Like it's the why you're showing up to these time blocks in your calendar, which I think is, is really powerful. Um, I like the way you sort of said, Jim. Yeah. yeah it's, not say. it's not even just the why it's just keeping an eye on all seven because you know, it happens to like you and I can get so busy with work and then you forget about your physical wellness and well-being. Three days later, you feel like a slag. Mm. Just kind of feel dead and low on energy. And then now you've really sacrificed your ability to maximize your potential in the vocation and everything else. So it's just a way of tracking all of those and maximizing your potential for every day. Like me working out at five o'clock in the morning when I knock that out, then my energy for the rest of the day is like, it's huge and it sets the day up. So those management of all seven areas just means that you're guaranteeing that you have the best chance of success as compared to 10 years later. Oh, you've got cancer, Mr. Emmanuel. Well, how did I get that? Well, you never managed to die. You smoked. Um, all you did was work. You never exercised. I did everything I could to guarantee that that was going to occur. If there was a strategy for it, I ticked all the boxes. That mm. just means that you're minimizing the probability of that occurring. And same with relationships. Where did my marriage go? I do that all the time. My business is so successful. I make a lot of money. I've got all the toys that I want. My marriage is about to break up. Like, Jesus, it's like a flower and you never, you never watered it. What did you think was going to happen? But a little investment every day or a little bit every single week, one date night a week, probably could have saved that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that, man. And so unbridled in your heart, what is the message that is just consistently burning that you want to share with everyone? Hmm. Number one, you're worthy. You're worthy of living an amazing, inspiring and empowered life. Everything inside of you that you've ever experienced till today is the universe reflecting to you the magnificence 
the intelligence that you have inside of you. It's trying to reflect the balance that exists. It's attracting everything inside of you that you need to realize your true potential. But that doesn't happen from just being told. We've been told so many things in our lives. Two years later, when we go through a big enough challenge, like you said, a big enough perceived trauma, we finally see the terrific because it's the pain point that finally hit rock bottom and got us to move. Your biggest challenges are the fastest gateways to discovering your magnificence. And if you learn how to bring those into balance, you increase your self-worth. And if you increase your self-worth, you have self-permission to go out there and do something profound and amazing. And that's what you were born to do. There is nothing here on planet Earth that just exists for the sake of existing. If you study every ecosystem, you find there's a predator and prey, predator and prey, predator and prey. Every single ecosystem is, is not only perfectly balanced, but the minute you throw that ecosystem off, like when we bring an animal from a different part of the world into our part of the world and it overpopulates, the, the ecosystem rebalances itself out. Your body's part of that. You're part of a universe of magnificence and maximum potential. When you realize your magnificence, you use self-permission to do that, you and everything around you and everyone else become one and you unlock the biggest vision and mission that you possibly can. And that always involves some amazing service, no matter what it is. It doesn't have to be what I'm doing. It doesn't have to be what we're doing. You could be a personal trainer who just wants to show people what they can do in terms of creating changes in their bodies or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, it's amazing. But there's only one of you. And if you don't unlock that, the universe never gets to see that. And that's when we create cell entropy inside of us. So listen to the feedback of your heart, your soul, your psychology, your physiology, learn how to empower your mind and every part of your body, and then go out there and do something absolutely amazing and spend the rest of your days doing that. Not only do you deserve it, but it would be selfish for you not to do that because the rest of the universe deserves to see your gifts as well. That would be it. <laughs> I love it, man. And last question, by no means least question, what does an inspired evolution mean to you? That's a great question. So, um, Evolution to me means to evolve from one level of mastery to another. And we're naturally doing that in all seven or 12 areas of life. And the word inspiration means the vision from within. I, I like to separate inspiration from motivation. Motivation means you need motive, something from the outside. Inspiration means you're inner driven and you want to share that with the universe. So I believe inspired evolution is the intrinsic looking at yourself and your most authentic self and your inspired vision and then taking on the evolution of the different challenges in your life and learning how to share that to the greatest degree and learning how to love and appreciate every part of you. If I had to say that what those two words mean to me, I'd say that's exactly it. Brother, man, it has been such a treat and a pleasure to have you here today. For those tuning in to Emmanuel, man, there is so much to check out online. Uh, the easiest place I believe to begin would be emmanuelanthony.com.au. Anywhere else you'd rather send people, brother? I think that's probably a great resource. There's so much on there. Yeah, we're starting off the YouTube page, which is be under Emmanuel Anthony, but also just add me on Facebook. Emmanuel Anthony, I, I find that, I, you know, from working in the nightclub industry, I added thousands of people onto that platform. People just keep adding me on there. So if you go on there, I do Facebook Lives on a weekly basis, just discussing the magnificent different areas of life. So that's a great area to be able to communicate and be part of the conversation as well. Brother, it is such a pleasure to have you on. I want to thank you for your time and energy today, just your presence. Um, but also, I know that it's not just a day. I know it's a lifetime's worth of self-inquiry, self-work, and self-seeking that kind of, or general seeking, that kind of informs our conversation here today, man. So thank you so much for just all the work you've put in, 
being here with us today. And as always, man, wishing you the best for the future coming up. I really appreciate it. And I almost forgot to mention as well, um, for those of you that want to take a deeper conversation and uh, share this one-on-one and really have a look at some of the things that we discussed here and how we can work on those. Um, I always forget to mention this, but uh, my phone is available and uh, simply reach out to myself and just say, look, I'd I'd like to have a discovery call with you and uh, I'd like to have a look at my life and see how I can play a bigger game as well. But um, in terms of my thank you, Thank you for having this conversation. Um, you know, we had a phone call and I was just like, man, we click. <laughs> but like, we, you need to take it back to the old school lounge room because I think we just have a couple of cameras and let us talk and um, have content for the year. But I love what you do. I love the energy that you bring to that. And uh, I love your attentiveness and the way you're able to just ask questions and see things. Um, you're evolving and you're bringing everyone with you. That's what I love most about this podcast. And, your first podcast, if you watch it, you probably go, whoa, <laughs> audio sound and everything else. But for everybody else, I think they look at that and they go, hey, if you started there and you're here now and you've got a grander vision, hey, we've been with you for this journey and that's making us wanting to play a bigger game as well. So thank you for you know, advancing the collective consciousness and giving everyone else permission for your actions to play a much bigger game and have the conversations that we may not always have or may not be publicly had but definitely need to be heard. So thank you for doing that also. Thank you so much, brother. There's a, there's a real, yeah, there's a real uh, resonation between yourself and myself in terms of the work that we're up to as well. And I felt that very much so myself as well. So excited to see where this goes as well. And I'm sure that this is the first of many podcasts yet to go. <laughs> Always available. My door's open. Thanks for listening in to another amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution you're loving these episodes make your way across to youtube click subscribe fresh episodes are launched every monday with highlights being released throughout the week thank you so much and hey guys just so you know a lot of love heart soul and work goes into these episodes so if you could please leave us a five-star review and comment on itunes i love reading your positive feedback it fans the flames of the passion to continue to create and help you live the life that you love. Thank you so much for your wonderful feedback. I can't wait to see you again in the next episode. Big love from Amrit. And remember to stay inspired to evolve. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.